This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Oh, we're back after our a little trip from Plymouth. Uh, I have to say, I don't want to go back to Plymouth anytime soon. Uh, uh, first time I've been there since I was a young kid, actually, and it was a bit of a dump, to be fair. I definitely don't want to go back, and I think that was the, uh, the views of most people there. But I um, we're back safe and sound, and I'm glad speaking back to you, Ross and Joe again. So, Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, it certainly was an eventful drive, wasn't it? Um, yeah, just a bit. With, with the M5 being closed, um, taking some diverted routes, some countryside routes, seeing loads of uh, zoos, if you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm glad the driving's over and done with now and we can uh, just stick to uh, Wickham for the time being. <laughs> yeah, I know, Joe, you were pretty keen to see the old Clifton Suspension Bridge, so you got a lot of photos for it. Absolutely, a bit of sightseeing on the way and um, a part of me will always be in Plymouth, namely uh, my right AirPod, which I believe hopefully is on my way back to me soon. Uh, thank you to our gracious uh, Airbnb host um, and hopefully we left the uh, the uh, party pad in good condition. But um, no, yeah, great weekend. Um, big, big shout out to the designated driver, Mr. Ross Duffy. Um, got us there in one piece. Um, and yeah, look, all in all, it was it was a good weekend, and um, I've just about recovered now. Yeah, top top ever from Ross to get us there and back because that journey there was probably one of the worst journeys ever experienced, and especially in a car and that alone for an away day, it was absolutely horrific. So uh, yeah, fair play to you, uh, Joe. Is your airport still in Plymouth, by the way? Have you checked the location of it? Um, no, well, I think it's run out of charge. The right one, ah, so sure, okay. I'm currently podding with my left at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, wow. there we go. Things we do for the listeners. Exactly. The things we do, the things we do, especially when it's uh, a playoff episode also, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting couple of days. Of course, we've got the away leg on Thursday and the home leg on Sunday um, in the bid to hopefully get to Wembley once again. Uh, first time I spent Wembley, if we do get through this, the phase uh, two legs in a while, I think it's believed since, since the JPT game, which obviously went well, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Of course, we look back at Plymouth, first of all. Really, really impressive performance there. And of course, it didn't result with automatic promotion, but you know, that was out of our hands ultimately. Touch briefly on the award show as well. Of course, a lot of awards for Scott Twine, who else? But also some other mentionable people got some awards. So we chat about that. And then, yeah, we'll look ahead to the two games against Wickham. Um, but we will start with Plymouth away. And as you mentioned, well, as we all mentioned, the trip was an interesting one. The, the weekend was an interesting one. Um, but on the pitch, it was a very, very professional performance and one which we've probably not seen in 
it's a big team anyway in a long time uh, this season. You know, 5-0 win, uh, absolute domination on and off the pitch, to be honest. I felt that the first five, ten minutes, we were our usual selves away from home, you know, letting the team get into the game a bit more, trying to find our feet. Jepcott had a few decent chances. If he scored one of those, you know, we're looking at a completely different game, to be honest. And uh, I think a lot of people in the stands felt that same way. But I think once those first 10 minutes went by, we were really, really impressive. Um, you know, the whole team played magnificently. But of course, you know, the headline being uh, Scott Twine getting four goals, fantastic performance. Probably the best performance we've seen in a Don shirt for a long time from any player. Um, and yeah, it's, all his goals were a different kind as well. You know, free kicks half volleys, you know, control coaches finished into the bottom corner. It was yeah, very, 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 very professional performance. And it was it was Scott Twine TV, as I put it, into D3, D4 podcast. So yeah, very happy. Um and a few of people on the team that have really, really good performances and interesting roles during the game, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. But Ross, how did you on the pitch, how did you find Plymouth away? It was marvelous. Um I think it was a perfect obviously away performance and probably our best away performance of the season. Um, obviously, you, you talk about the players, but I felt this result, um, it was m- most of it was on Manning. I feel like he executed a game plan, and um, he watched Plymouth. You can tell he's done his studying, and um, he's obviously noticed that Halton's been allowing to dictate games, and he's identified that and swapped up our system. And this is where David, obviously, Kasumi comes in, and... This is where we won the game in my eyes, um, in the middle of the park. And that's the reason why Halton got sent off. He was getting frustrated with Kostumi a time after time. And um, he knew it was a red card. I think um, we all knew it was. Um, not that I could see it due to how far it actually was. I didn't realise how far that away end was. But um, yeah, it was, it was a cracking first half. As you say, Liam, we, we, got, we rode out the storm as such in the first 10, 15 minutes. But... Sometimes um, when you go away from home, you've got to do that. And um, I think it was a bit of a wake-up call and we, we started to get going. And then obviously Twine, out of nothing, um, produced a free kick, um, beating one of the best keepers in the league in Cooper. Um, and obviously it puts us in the ascendancy. Um, and from there, we just didn't look like winning the uh, losing the game. Sorry, um, I believe we had 22 shots um, throughout the game, yes. They were down to 10 men, um, but most of the damage was done before that sending off in my eyes. And um, we were really stretching uh, Plymouth's wing backs and they get caught caught out time after time. And um, yeah, it was a really professional performance. Um, obviously, there's so many perfor- um, individual performances you can look at in that game. Obviously, Twine's the obvious one. I felt Harry Darling um, and Kasumu, but the one which really impressed me the most was Kane Kesler-Hayden. Um, I felt recently he's probably had a dip in form. Obviously, you expect it with being him being such a young kid. Um, he's going to come in and out of form. And let's just hope he's getting in form at the right time, obviously going into this crucial semi-final against Wickham tomorrow. Yeah, in the pub before the game, I was pointed out about Ken Gessler Hayden. I did think he'd... I thought he actually scored the first goal, to be fair. I, I said I'd put money on it. I was that confident and... Outside of Twine's free kick aerobics, it almost happened to be fair with that half volley. But yeah, I just felt like his sort of game. And I'm sure we'll dive into the individuals uh, later on. But Joe, how did you how did you find the on the pitch performance against Plymouth on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think Ross was bang on. He, he said, you know, that game was on Manning really because the yeah the damage was done in the first half, and 
we were basically carving them open at will because we've done something which we've never done all season. We played three central midfielders, David Kasumi being that almost spare man in the middle, just running around and causing havoc and you know, almost acting as a number 10 at top, pretty much most of the time. Um, and he was the first, you know, line of press. And he was phenomenal. But, you know, it's it's um, it's Liam Manning that's the one that's seen, you know, the, the potential there and, and played him there. And it's quite funny because I remember David Kasumi used to be a bit of a box-to-box midfielder. Then he managed to, you know, find his role in that holding role. Well, we've just seen him play, you know, pretty much behind the strikers and we'd be like, oh, bloody hell, that's a hell of a performance. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, we'll come on to Dave Kasumi. Um, but, yeah, I think we kept getting in behind their wing backs really well. Some long balls, for, not long balls, but, you know, long passes over the behind in behind their defence. Um, Kessler Hayden, especially with his pace, of course, was getting in behind. You know, I think it might have been Charlton where he kept getting in behind and in behind just because those people, you know, they push their wing backs up. We're going to exploit that space because we've got the pace to do so, which we, you know, maybe haven't had in the last 18 months uh, other than a brief period with Ethan Laird in the team. So, yeah, that was really impressive to see. Um, again, a couple of set piece goals. Twine actually hit the post, uh, the bar from uh, one a few moments earlier. And um, another thing that was really impressive for me was, um, you know, we've scored five goals. Yes, you could say, oh, you know, keeper, surely he could have done better with some of them. He made seven saves. We had 12 shots on target, so it easily could have been more. Um, and, you know, there was a few chances where we got through and we just couldn't get a shot off or something. So, you know, yet fair enough, they're down to 10 men, but they're one of the best teams in the league. And they were, I think they've been in the playoffs or in the, you know, top two. For, pretty much the whole season so yeah a bit of a sickness for them um and yeah not that I care but it's it's um just one of them where we completely and utterly got it right got them frustrated silenced the crowd as well because let's face it that crowd was rocking first five ten minutes they were really getting behind them and um yeah it was half empty come well pretty much half time really that place uh yeah, as, as quick as it filled up, it's sure enough uh, emptied out. So, yeah, all round. And I think one of the biggest things as well is, you know, you could see, for me, what really pleased me was that them, the, the players were celebrating the third and the fourth and the fifth goal as much as they were the first. And I think they realised, you know, this is good, this is momentum, because whatever, you know, happened in the Rotherham game, we needed to do our bit. And, and we did our bit. Didn't come off, but we've got some cracking form to take with us into the uh, upcoming playoff games. Yeah, I think if you can say one thing from that game is we certainly did our bit, that's for sure. A, a fantastic performance. And we'll start with Dave Kasimu because you know you both mentioned him a fair bit. And I think Manning in his preview today said how he he operated in terms of as you mentioned, Houghton was being the key in that, in that he learned his lesson from the the previous game on Sky, it was one one draw our place to which you know. Housing came back, ran the game, um, really made us, in terms of the channels, he, passing through the channels, he was the guy that was always there and just stopping us doing that. Um, so I said, he, he operated to the 3-5-2, which is something we haven't really seen in a little while, to be fair. I think towards the start of Manning's time and when we had um, Troy Mo up front or Connor and Mo, whichever, whichever combination you want to do. And we saw the two sixes in Coventry and Baquette and basically just focusing on recycling the ball and, essentially stopping any passes through the middle of the pitch. And you had, you had Dave Kasumu, 
in the sort of eight Steven Gerrard-esque free roaming role where he was just basically everything and anything. And um, as you've both mentioned, he, whilst the stats don't really show it, um, watching the game, he was absolutely fantastic and probably one of the better the better performances I've seen and the most complete performances I've seen for David Kassim in an MK Don shirt. And I feel that he is the type of player you want in this squad, a big game player. I think that's two games this season now, Rotherham away and Plymouth away. Many different circumstances, but same purpose in the fact that he's coming to the team, got some massive three points, regardless of whether it mattered or not. And, you know, absolutely smashed it off the park and in different formations as well. So that just shows how good he is and good of the quality of the player he is. Ross, how important is, and I've, I've waxed lyrical on him, but how important to you is David Kassimim in this team heading into these two games against Wickham and hopefully a game at Wembley? I think we've obviously David Kasumi, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we've always known the the potential is there and the level he can get to. But I fe- fe- always felt once he got going, the injuries held him back. And I think we all know that there's a player inside him. Um, obviously, we saw it under Russ, um, and we saw it this season. He got injured at Aki, um, and it was just a bit too stop and start. And now, yes. Um, We've started to see him come off the bench. I think they're monitoring him and um, trying to ease him back into the full 90 minutes. But at the moment, Kasumu's just, whether it's off the bench or whether it's like Saturday, he's just a real live wire. And I think he brings so much energy to this side. Um, And when you've got runners like Twine, Parrott, um, and the wing-backs, Harvey and Kane, Kesler Hayden, people who make runs also, you're just asking for trouble. And... It's such a positive thing to have, especially in this team, because of defensively, Kasumu, he, even though he was playing so advanced, he, he was busting his ass off to get back as well, and he was helping out the rest of them. And I think if you're, if you're fighting for one another, it's obviously going to be a successful team, and Saturday showed that. Um, but obviously, Kasumu, from w- what I was so impressed was, he wasn't coming to collect the ball. Um, he trusted Connor Coventry and McEachran to deliver him the ball in behind, whether it was from the centre halves or someone else, and um, when he did get in behind, I didn't realise how quick Kasuma actually was, but he he's he's got some burners on him for sure, and um, it'd be interesting to see how Manning goes into these playoffs with him because of obviously he's hitting form again, but there's not many pit players in his squad you can really drop. Um, so does he does he stick with the three in the midfield? I'm glad I'm not making the decision and. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure uh, Manning will get it right, hopefully, once again. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that. Um, it's what I've been debating today, actually, at work, as to what he'll do with that mid- midfield two or three, because it, it is probably the biggest decision out of the whole team, because it dictates who's playing elsewhere, and et cetera, et cetera. But I think one of the big things with Kasumu, Joe, is that whenever the fans cheer his name, he's always the first one to clap him and appreciate him. And that's, uh, I know he's one of our own, et cetera, et cetera, but as well as his heart off the pitch, or sorry, on the pitch, sorry, he shows a lot of it off the pitch also to the fans and that's always going to go appreciated, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're always going to give him a bit more leeway and he's going to have that extra bit of um, of love from the Don stands for obvious reasons. And I think Ross made a good point there where he says about how, you know, this performance now, it really does, you know, Wickham, they're not going to be known whether to set up for a three in midfield or... You know whether it's going to be a three-five-two like it was on Saturday, or whether they're going to be setting up for um, having, say, Theo and Troy on the wings. You know, all of a sudden, 
Kasumi's thrown a big spanner in the works because let's face it, if we you, you were to ask us a week ago, we probably would have said, yeah, McEachran and Coventry, you know, Wickham, they're not going to be, you know, right really in our faces. They're going to be happy to, you know, sit back and say, come on, break us down. And in those sorts of games, you know, I think McEachran and Coventry have probably been the best players for us. However, now all of a sudden with this Kasumu, you know, performance, who knows whether we'll be playing, I think it will be a choice between maybe Theo slash Hiram on a wing or whether we're going to ch completely change shape, play Troy and Scott through the middle and then have Kasumu just causing chaos everywhere. So I think it's really just throwing a spanner in the works and, you know, we've seen this season, we've changed formations, we've changed to a 4-2-4 four, four at the back for a few games. And uh, I think we may have, I think we won, you know, we won against Burton playing that. And then, um, you know, and then we've we've changed from going, we've changed from a box midfield to, to having wing wingers. Um, so we, we've changed a lot of things this season and it's good to be flexible. So I think having players like David Kasuma who can play that holding role, but now we've seen actually can play further forward. You know, who knows? It could be Coventry and Kasuma, and Kasuma's back in his usual role. So it just goes to show that I think having players like Kasuma that can do a few different things, it's just going to keep the opposition guessing, and they're going to have to you know prepare for three or four different potential uh, lineups. Really, yeah. I say Wickham. Wickham have seen two formations against us this season. I say, as you said, Judd, we played many more, so it's it's nice to be. I said flexible and unpredictable. Um, you know, an orthodox. That Wickham, sorry, that Wickham away game was the first game we actually saw the wingers because the yeah, Burton yeah. Albion game was four two three one. So the net, very next game was Wickham away, and that was when we had we saw Theo and Twine really wide, and then Parrot through the middle. So yeah, again, it's yeah, it just shows that you know that was the first time we'd played that formation and it, it worked. So yeah, plenty to to go from. Yeah, I'm sure when we try and work it out later on, we'll, we'll struggle also, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's hard not to mention Scott Twine, right? I know we've got to talk about a lot of this episode with the award show that happened and things, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, four goals on the day. Um, literally a 10 out of 10 performance, according to Sofa score. Um, Ross, it's, it's easy to see why he won League One Player of the Season, right? Uh, what, what else does he win? He's won every, practically everything at our club <laughs> at the moment. But no, yeah, he's a brilliant lad, and um, you can you can tell that he's so humble in in especially after the game. It wasn't a case of him scoring four goals. It was a case of we won the game as a team. And wow. if you're putting others first before yourself, um, I think that just goes to show what type of person he is. Um, and obviously, I, I just briefly mentioned it about him being so humble. Um, Obviously, when, once you once you have so much success, you can you can become arrogant. But uh, Twine's not that at all, and he wants to get better. And he's trusting, obviously, the, the Manning and, and Co. Um, to develop him even better, and he knows he can improve even better. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that he he got his best performance of the season, and um, it's I'm I'm lost for words for, um, for him now. Um, he's just. Proves me wrong every every single week. I, I question whether he'll score a free kick, and he does. So I'm going to question him again tomorrow night, and uh, let's hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, most definitely. And I always forget when I watch Scott Twine that he was originally a striker, and now he's he went back to being a ten. And now I get on Saturday, he was a striker again. And Joe, I know you mentioned about Kasubian flexibility. You know, 
Scott Twan is exactly the same. He can play two or three positions. And again, he's got the quality to, well, be the best in the league, essentially. He is the best in the league, Liv. <laughs> you know, well, he, uh, he is, yeah. And he, yeah. yeah, he is. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he strikes the ball. It's it's almost like Thiago for Liverpool. Like You just like looking at him kick a football. Um, I know it's quite an easy, simple task, but he just makes it look so effortless. And, you know, honestly, the goalkeepers sitting, standing behind his free kicks, they must just not know what's going on because some of them, they say, oh, keeper should have done better. Have you seen how much some of that, some of those free kicks move in the air? It's, you know, so, you know, Michael Cooper, was it Michael, Michael Cooper? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, probably top three keeper in the league this season. And he's been done by Twine, uh, what, four times in a game. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he did miss his header, though, which is oh, appalling. Scandalous. As Manning said, you know, he's not perfect, but he's damn near perfect. And I think, you know, me and Ross um, spoken quite a few times to Scott's dad and his dad's lovely bloke. And, you know, you can see why Scott's, you know, almost how he, you know, turned out how he is. He's such a humble lad and as Ross says and it's no surprise you can tell that he's you know yeah he's doing great but you can tell he's not sort of like yeah I've made it now here we are yeah he, he you can tell he's gonna he's just straight away well we've got two more games to go and um and it's and he loves a game on TV he's uh you know the last two games on TV scored two free kicks so far hit a bar with another one so yeah he, he, I'm ready for him to go again and as you say, with the positioning, we've seen him off, off the left, we've seen him behind the striker and we've seen him play up front. So, you know, the fact that Parrot can also play up front on his own, as we saw at Wickham away, um, or Parrot can play on the left, like we saw at uh, Sheffield Wednesday at home or um, at Oxford away. So, yeah, it's it's anyone's guess, really, how that front three is going to line up or front two. Um, but even when they do, they can change within the game if if they feel you know if 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 it's if there's space opening up in the middle, maybe Parrot's going to say right, yeah, I'll go out wide and I'll run at the fullback, and you get the spaces in the middle. And I think as soon as um, you know with Kasumu keeping Houghton so busy, I think that's what happened. Those spaces opened up in the middle. So Twine playing through the middle, it was only you know it was only a matter of time before he was going to start exploiting them. So yeah, brilliant, 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 and. You know, let's let's see another another Perla. He scored at Wickham away as well. So, he did, uh, yeah. You know, another goal at Adams Park, another goal on Sky. Yeah, another another match ball would be nice as well. Just get, let's get this sort, let's get it sorted in the first leg, shall we? Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, at least two, if not three, more editions of Scott to One TV. That's for sure. Um, over the next coming weeks, that'll be brilliant. Um, special mention. Uh, to the defence also of course never clean sheet admittedly you know, against 10 men but all, albeit all the same you know there's still good quality chances and Jamie coming out to make some uh, decent saves to stop that goal going back in the net for uh, Plymouth um, of course H got his goal but again you know the, well, if you want to call it a back five the back five fantastic I know Ross mentioned Kane Kester for as he said one of, one of his better games um, and yeah I mean they didn't really have too much to tackle but that's in many ways his credit to them because they limited a pretty good Plymouth side who had to, who had to win the game regardless of how how their efforts were in the second half and you know they've, they've lost out on playoffs because of it and we've uh, we've benefited off it with a pretty good performance so credit to them and congrats to H on getting double digit goals for the season you know 
when is the last time we saw centre back get double digit goals to MK Don? Probably never, right? So, um, you know, really, really good season for him. And yeah, really happy to make a clean sheet. Hopefully, we can get um, three more clean sheets in yeah, the postseason. Of course, um, after the winning at Plymouth, there was the award show, the annual award show at the club on on the Sunday. Um, yeah, I think the usual one. Scott Fine got a few awards. Surprise, surprise! Uh, young player of the season, um, supporters player of the season, um, and also, of course, top goal scorer also for what he did this season. Done twenty goals in the league, so yeah, no surprises that he had a good season. Um, shock. Harry Darling got players player of the season, which is good to see. I think H had a fantastic season and I mentioned double goals, but much more than that in terms of how he's led the back line alongside Watson and Louis. Um, of course, he got into several team seasons also alongside Scott. So really, really good to see that. And yeah, there were several rewards like media personality for Waz and a young, I think it was a county player of the year for Brooklyn, which is good. So well done to Brooke on that for his uh, loans at Royston, for example. Um, but lads, Harry Darling obviously got into a few teams this season, he's got players player of the season. Ross has been pretty good, hasn't he, this year? Uh, just just the word good or ah, he's been all right. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding, really, hasn't he? Um, he's really stepped up and obviously with him being at Cambridge last year, um, he wasn't playing as obviously as as, as extreme as football as you as you want to call it here um at Cambridge. I think it was a bit more direct. Um, and he's he's been asked, obviously. I think I think he was replacement for Keo. Um, so it was a it was huge um, boots to fill, and um, he's more than stepped up this year. And um, you can see you can see a, um, a a massive figure at the back now in him. And um, he's really you can tell Louis had his effect on him. And um, same as was as well. He's really came on also. And um, I think Darling. Um, he obviously was questioned for his goals, especially at set pieces. And in recent years under previous regimes, we haven't really been a team to score from set pieces. And I think this year, Harry Darling, yeah, 10 goals and a lot of them came from set pieces. So, um, yeah, really outstanding. And um, let's hope he can get a few more come uh, in the next couple of games. Yeah, to be fair to him, he said um, in his Plymouth presser that he's going to get another one. He did, so fair play to him. You know, if he can keep doing that a few times, you know, happy days. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned that key situation and I suppose it, it's credit to you know, the previous manager for signing him, but also Joe for Harry Darling actually to step up and, you know, just take for advantage of the situation. And, you know, his, um, yeah, he had the six months last season, but this this is first full season of Don centre-back. You know, he's really grown into it, hasn't he? And, you know, clearly excel to be one of the best centre-backs in the league. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, another thing to remember is, you know, he's the middle centre-back there. So obviously you've got Dean Lewington, who's the most experienced, but he's going to be doing the bulk of the organising of the defence and telling, you know, telling Warren and Louie where he wants them or, look, you've got a man come in, you need to cover this area. So, you know, he, in some ways, Darlin is the orchestrator of that defence, even though if he's not the most experienced. Um but for me, on the talk, on the uh, awards ceremony, I've just got a quick, you know, best and worst dress, because I think there's a few absolutely rascal outfits there. Um, for me, best dress has got to be was. Very smart, very smart. Um, Troy, I'm afraid, that jacket is probably <laughs> worth more than I can afford. But, I mean, come on, man, come on. If you're going to wear something like that, we need a bow tie or something and can't be having them trainers with that. 
that suit. But no, you know, I don't mind the smart trainers, but yeah, oh, come on, Troy, you can do better than that, mate. I'm just looking at the photo now. Yeah, I agree. I remember seeing Troy's outfit and I was like, bloody hell. Um, yeah, I think Louis looks very dapper as well, I must say. Gone for the no tie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, yeah, fair enough. I agree with that. I mean, it's a decent, it's a decent shout set, to be fair. I think, yeah, I think he was a pretty good shout. Um, but you know, it's good to, good to see the lads have a good, have a decent night, and uh, hopefully the people that were there enjoyed it. I said we we might have gone, but we were thinking back from Plymouth to like five pm or something stupid. So there's no way we were getting to that. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed the night, and um, yeah, hopefully that we'll do our own award show probably towards the end of May when the season's actually over. Um, but yeah, until until then, we'll uh, we'll keep our awards see safe and see secured until then. Okay, we'll, we'll take a short little break and then we will dive into the playoff games against Wickham. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, the playoffs are here. I was kind of hoping we would be a part of this, to be fair, but we're here we are. Uh, Wickham home and away in a space of three days, so it's, it's a, quite a tight schedule. And of course, coming off the, the Plymouth game on on the Saturday, it's felt like it's just come and come around to us really quickly and smacked us in the face, to be honest. But, you know, it's going to be, for me, a, two very close games of football, like the, the regular season was. But we're going to break it down and essentially try and work out how you think Don's set up, how Wickham was set up, and ultimately figure out how it will go. Um, so, Joe, take us through uh, your thoughts on Wickham Wanderers and how you think it will go on uh, over the two legs. Yeah, so, um, yeah, huge couple of games coming up. And um, uh, they come that challenge comes in the face of Buckinghamshire uh, neighbours, not rivals, uh, Wickham Wanderers. Uh, they, of course, are managed by the ever-present uh, Gareth Ainsworth, who you know he has done a fantastic job over the years. You can't be, uh, you can't, you can't say anything else than that. Um, their style of play might not be to everyone's taste, but it works and it gets results. And they're there, sitting in sixth place, just six points behind MK. Um, they themselves, and um, they actually conceded seven more goals than Milton Keynes. Um, but they um, and they also scored three fewer as well during the season. Um, in terms of home form, they actually got a better home form um, than us uh, going than MK. They've got three more points on the board. They've only lost four games at home all season. Um, of course, one of them being to us. Um, they've had some really weird games this season. They've had, you know, the, you'd have thought that one thing that you'd associate with Wickham is their defence and how tight they keep it but in actual fact although that may be true as of late during the season there have been periods where that has been couldn't have been further from the truth to be honest um they've conceded 51 goals this season and they've conceded 26 in 23 at home so more than a goal a game at home so you know they may be good but they're not, you know, impenetrable by any means. But, you know, as I say, their recent form is, is what has seen them rise into the playoffs after a bit of a mid-season blip. Um, their last six games at home, they've scored nine goals and conceded zero, winning all of them and drawing one. Um, in terms of, you know, how they play, 
They're a team that I think, as we know, they get it in the box and they do that at all opportunities because, you know, at the end of the day, if the ball's not in the box, if the ball's in the box, you've got a good chance of having a shot that's going to be going in. Uh, so they've taken uh, the second most shots on average per game and um, only Rotherham have, have got average more shots per game than, than themselves. In terms of the form that I mentioned, um, they're unbeaten in 12. And so, you know, that just goes to show that, that we really do have a job on our hands. Um, and especially at home, you know, as I say, unbeaten in six, um, can, four consecutive wins at home and, and six consecutive clean sheets. Um, in terms of um, how they've fared against other teams um, in the league during the season, well, as I mentioned, the, they've only lost four games at home all season. Those games did come to all teams in the top half of the table. So that was Wigan, that was uh, ourselves, and then Portsmouth and Ipswich. Um, for teams that finished in the top six, um, obviously they're one of them, but um, in the other five games they played at home, they only won one of them, and that was Sheffield Wednesday at home. And um, that came uh, towards the end of the season. So a, a good win, you'd say. Um, but away from home, they haven't beaten any of the other teams in the playoffs. So from 10 games, they've only actually won one game um, against teams, other teams that finished in the top uh, top six. So that is, um, I guess, some, some you know, uh, hope for us. Um, and so, yeah, as I say, you know, throughout the season, they're fairly comfortable in terms of how they, in terms of how they, you know, dispatch the smaller teams. They, they only lost one game to a team below 13th. So that just goes to show that they have been really steady in that regard. However, I think it's almost when it comes to, teams that maybe play a bit more football on the floor they it's maybe where they're going to come unstuck in terms of just looking at MK just quickly um, if you were to think about the most direct teams in the league um, obviously you know Wickham they do pose a massive threat however you know just thinking about the teams that do play quite direct in the league Gillingham we drew and lost um, Burton Albion we won both games uh, Cheltenham we won and we drew uh, Accrington, we won and we drew. Um, Rotherham, we beat them and we lost. So, you know, and Wickham, obviously, we've done the double. So out of the maybe five or five or so most direct teams in the league, we've only actually lost one game and that was to Rotherham. So I know that, um, you know, it may be in the past playing against a direct team. It may have been a bit of a worry. However, you know, our record against direct teams this season has actually been pretty good. And I think we saw in that away performance in January how you know, dogged the team really was and how we can deal with those physical threats. So, you know, I think going into the game, of course, we'll want to win it, but a draw is not the end of the world and we've got more than enough firepower to cause them problems and, you know, we, we should be solid enough, hopefully, to uh, keep them at bay. So, yeah, I think Ross has got a couple of uh, uh, Wickham's key men to now highlight for us. Yeah, obviously you mentioned about, obviously, the physical approach um, up top. Everyone's probably going to know um, who he is, Sam Vokes, a veteran of the game. Um, he's obviously played at the highest level um, at Burnley for over six years. Um, he's made over 350 EFL appearances. So he's got the experience on the side and experience is a key key word when it comes to Wickham. Um, they've, they, they haven't got a lot of youngsters in their team. Um, they're very, a lot of them are veterans of the game and um, they know how to do a job and... Um, 
if they get told to do something, they'll do it. And with it, with our squad, it's a complete opposite. It's a young, um, and it's all about potential with our team. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a question and, um, it's a problem for these young players to come against. Um, but as you say, in, in the season, um, we did do the double over them. So, um, Sam Vokes, yeah, he's, he's, he's a perfect character for Wickham. Um, as Joe's just said, they go direct and if Vokes can get a header, headers inside the uh, six-yard box, we can get volleys, he'll put them away with ease. Um, so the back line have got to be very physical and make the mark from early on. Um, but also at the top end of the pitch, um, Gareth McCleary. I know obviously Ainsworth just passed him fit, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he had at least 30 minutes off the bench. But that 30 minutes, he could do absolutely anything. And um, he really is a live wire um, in this team, I believe. Um, he loves to attack his man. Excuse me. Loves to attack his man. Um, and um, his fun delivery when it comes to crossing the ball in the box is second to none. Um, he's got 11 goals, six assists this season. So he certainly, they've got players to hurt us. Um, it's a case, obviously, being alert, and um, let's just hope we can expose them for what they are. Yeah, sorry, as you're speaking there, I've just seen that um, Wickham's car park sold out again, so I uh, should be buzzing to hear that. Oh, great news. Really great news. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting talking to both of yourselves there. I think that when I went and back and watched both our league games this season and I didn't really watch the Papa John's game no one uh, it didn't really matter to be honest we should be around Boa Zenga front how dare you I I know you mentioned the Joe they see a lot of goals this season and I feel at times you know for how vocal they are on the pitch they're actually very sloppy on the ball in general and they're just ball watched a lot of the time the perfect example is the Scott Twine goal when we played at their place you know Tafazoli, who all you see on his YouTube channel is him shouting at other players. The one time where he should be actually doing it himself, but he's just he's just standing there watching Scott Twine score a goal. So I think, yeah, one one of the keys to this game is just keeping the ball on the ground, letting the likes of Coventry and McEachern just do their thing and play through the channels because with how they set up in a four two three one, or if they do change the formation, we'll see. But how they've set up in the past couple of games, we can easily play through that. There's going to be Scott Twine goes back to that ten role. He's going to have the, all the freedom in the world to do what he wants. I don't really see uh, Scowan or Gape even getting near him. To be honest, if that's the formation they're going to play, um, I don't think it is. But we'll get onto that later. Um, but yeah, I just don't feel that they're the best footballing team. I know it's a bit, a bit of a traditional thing to say when it comes to direct speed teams and how quickly they get at the field, but they just don't come across that way. And the way they built their squad sort of says they're not. And they're going to play for set pieces. So I think for me, you know, if we can keep our structure, you know, say if Darling's going to the field, get McEachra and get Coventry and get Harvey back, um, keep our structure really. And I think just limit their set pieces. I think we have a great chance of winning it over two legs. I, I'll be surprised if we win the first leg. If we do, brilliant. Um, I just feel with this squad and new experiences, it tends to harm us a bit more than we should. it should do. Um, so I think if we can get through the first leg on it on an even keel in many ways. Head headed stadium K as as Joe mentioned, where they struggle away from home. And um, you know, hopefully pick up the win there and get through to Wembley. But yeah, it's an intriguing tie. I mean, in terms of how how do you think Wickham will set up? What 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 formation do you reckon they'll go with? Because 
I feel that when we played against the front three this season, we've we've struggled at times, especially if they've they pressed us high. I, I remember if you look at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, it's just a brilliant one. You know, that first 30 minutes was absolutely brutal. We really struggled there. Do you think that, Joe, do you reckon Wickham will adapt to like a 3 4 one two maybe? Or do you reckon they'll stick to their 4 3 one that they've played in the last couple of games that's gotten results? Yeah, I mean, it's a guess it's a case of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But then again, you know, these playoffs, they are one-offs, aren't they? Um, I mean, they did play the 3-4-2-1 um, against us last time. It didn't really have too much of an effect. So maybe they realised that because we've got our wing-backs out wide, that maybe we can deal with their threats out wide. Um, so, you know, maybe a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 where, with wing-backs overlapping, maybe that could be causing us a bit more, a bit more of an issue. But uh, I think... Um, yeah, I think as long as for them, I think their main thing is going to be getting McCleary uh, and Obita just as close to Vokes as, as possible because Vokes, you know, we know what he can do when the ball's played up to him. And if he's got players buzzing around off him, you know, like we've seen before, a couple of games we've seen with Wickham when, when Twine and Parrott have been almost dovetailing off of him, um, you know, we've seen how devastating that combination can be. And, you know, what Vokes is almost the perfect striker for it. So I think that's going to be more the issue for us rather than, you know, maybe rather than them stretching us. I think the issue is more making sure McCleary and Obita aren't picking up Vokes' knockdowns in and around the box. Yeah, I think we saw a little glimpse of, I don't want to pick on Woz, but I think that Garrick in the first 10, 15 minutes, you could just tell he had Woz's number straight away. The way he was just like pulling him around and getting chances, the wing backs, so and then Jepcock could get through uh, you don't want to see a repeat of that because someone like Sam Vyuch could easily do that to any striker in any tender in his league, sorry. Um, and I think we've seen multiple times since Waz has joined the club that he's been a target of these um, these, these sort of bigger forwards. And don't get me wrong, I think he's got a lot better at it, but I feel I feel sadly showed that there's still some work there to do and um, it could happen again, who knows? But I, I hope I surely hope it doesn't. I mean, Ross... Darling Vokes is a... It's a big battle, I think. In, yeah, in yeah, one hundred percent. It's just often when you've, whenever you've seen like these bigger strikers, it's always drifted out to the right for me, um, to target was rather than H. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a big battle either way. But um, Ross, how do you see uh, Wigan setting up in your eyes? I think Ainsworth will stick with his guns. Um, he'll, I think he'll stick with a flat back four. Um, I think, um, as Joe just briefly mentioned, why change it? Um, I think obviously when Wednesday played them, granted, um, yes, um, they conceded quite a lot of shots on target, but um, a lot of Wednesday's shots were pot shots. And I think with uh, Wickham Wanderers, I think they they allow you to to do that. They w- what they don't want is for you to get in behind. And um, I think with especially with Ainsworth's side, um, he'll set up exactly the same. But um, I wouldn't be surprised just to see 11 men behind the ball in the first 15, 20 minutes, just to settle them into the game. Um, and we're, we're, I think Ainsworth's probably thinking, well, it's up to us to try and win the game. And I think he's asking his players to take advantage of the mistakes we make instead of them creating problems for us. Um, because of at the end of the day, Wickham, they don't thrash teams in the league. Um, they take advantage of teams and... Um, that they'll take a scrappy one there if they can, and um, 
just on the formation front, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't think they'll change it up and um, they'll stick to the guns for sure. Okay, transfer notes with Don Spectre, then Ross. Do you feel that we'll try and overcrowd the midfield and stick to that 3 5 2, a bit like what we did against Plymouth in terms of having that five against, I suppose it is four in some senses, or would you? Would you maybe change it to where Twine's in the 10 and we've gone with like a a Troy and a Theo combination? Um, this is tough, very tough question. It is, it's a very tough question, yeah. Um, I think uh, I th- I'm, I'm edging more towards the Saturday with the three-man midfield. I, I feel like numbers in the middle of the pitch definitely won't hurt us. Um, it will more solidify us at the back especially. Um, obviously, you mentioned about Vokes. He's not going to run in behind. He's he's not the quickest of play. He loves ball to feet, new offload, and then get in the box. So it will be a case of stopping that, not letting him drop deep. And I think that will be the question Connor, Coventry and McEachran will be asked to do to stop that from happening and intercept the ball and try, try and break on the counter-attack as such um, because of when I think that that's what will be a key key element in this game, especially especially at like corners for them. We've got a break on as quick as possible in my eyes because of they're going to go straight back to that block and be deep and everything you don't want the game to be that Wickham will make it be, basically. And um, I just feel having um, players in the middle of that pitch especially will uh, do us the world of good. Yeah, I, I say I agree with that, to be fair. I feel that all three of them are going to need to do a job. Um, I think, you know, we've seen with Plymouth, I watched the Plymouth game they had in their place and the two goals just came from Plymouth sitting back and just letting McCleary do what he wants, really. And if we do that, we're, we're going to lose. As simple as that. Um, I don't think there's anything ever to say. We'll, we'll lose both, both legs. Um, you can't let one of the best players in the league just do what they want. Um, we've seen it with with time multiple occasions over teams. It's just, it's just not a good thing. So, yeah, we have to have numbers in that midfield to stop that but also as as um as Manning says the invasion game you know just essentially overcrowding people so where they can we can force stakes and as Ross said get on the counter get to on the ball uh get Troy the ball and uh, hopefully score goals I don't know if uh, you agree with this Joe but good to get your thoughts on it yeah I think out of possession I one million percent agree that keeping it compact because keeping it compact and you know let's face it as well if they are playing the ball out wide and it's Obita or McCleary well they're only going to have say Vokes or Horgan in the middle because you know Jacobson I doubt Jacobson and McCarthy they're not the most mobile and so this comes on to my second point of when we do get the ball back this is where we need to stretch to play as much as we can and I think Kessler Hayden getting in behind a how old is Joe Jacobson very old (laughs) Let's have a quick, I'll see if I can find out. A 35-year-old left back, you know, whose name isn't Dean Lewington. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, you know, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bit of a nightmare. And if all of a sudden, you know, when we get the ball, you've almost got, you know, Troy and Twine, they just split and they just go wide, you know, and they're just all of a sudden, you know, you've got the the right back and the left back and they're, they're potentially exposed. So that's, you know, I think definitely out of possession, you do want Kasumu, you do want, um, Troy and you do want Twine because I think pressing wise those three are absolute nuts like you know I think Theo's great I think Hiram's had good moments but I wouldn't say that I want them you know I wouldn't say that they're pressing machines and I think Theo it, whilst 
having qualities. I don't think, you know, in these tight, tight games, I don't think, unless you're chasing it, I wouldn't personally start him. I think you can trust Kasumu to do a job and do a specific role. Um, so, And also we did see Kasumu veering off to the right-hand side quite a lot. So, you know, where you have Troy on the left and then twine down the middle. So, you know, Kasumu can start in the middle and then they rotate round. So, yeah, I'd, I'd start Kasumu, but I think we need to play with the width as well. And whether the wing-backs provide that width or Twine and Parrot spread to provide it, then, you know, that I'll leave that to you, Mr. Manning. Yeah, I'm sure he's... Uh, well, I'm hoping he's put a lot of form to starting 11 already, and I'm sure it'll be one that'll take us all by surprise. Um, I don't think it'll be a... Well, we were all surprised on Saturday when we, when we saw the midfield three, so... Yeah, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, and I'm sure we'll see another one in over the two legs. Uh, before we all head off, because I know the, uh, the football's going up soon, but how do you see the two legs going, uh, Ross? Do you feel it'll be obviously it'll be, it'll be a close encounter? It's playoff football, but you know, I'm assuming you've got Don's going through. But how how close do you reckon it'll be? Um, we've obviously as as fans this year questioned how far this young team can go, um, and. I, I think obviously I'm not I'm not looking looking beyond this, these two uh, games, um, and I, I I really do fancy us in these two games. The quality we've got, um, we can more more than hold our own against this Wickham team, um, and I think in the first leg it will be tight. Um, both teams won't want to concede or they won't want to overcommit because knowing that there's a second leg, and um, obviously a man will be reserved. Um, in the way he goes forward, but also at the same time, he knows what we can do when we get to our best. And that was Saturday, and we can we can really hurt sides. So I think I think the first leg, um, I think it will be a one nil to either side, um, really tight games. And then in the second leg, you'll start to see it open up a bit more. And I think in the second leg, you'll start to see probably two or three goals. But I do fancy us, and I pick us to advance. Um, whether it's the hard way or not. But um, yeah, I've got us winning on aggregate for sure. Yeah, uh, so do I. I've said 3-1 over two legs. Um, as I said, I, I feel like the trend of this Don's team is new experiences tend to harm us initially, but we, we grow from it and we, we conquer them essentially. Uh, this first leg is a new experience for 95% of the squad, probably minus Dean Lewington. Um so, you know, that would say that the first leg could be a bit of a tough watch in terms of, I think we could, I think if we can get a draw from that first leg, I'll be over the moon, to be honest with you. Uh, going to their place is no no mean feat. And the fact that we won there last time is, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was, I wouldn't say fortunate, but it was very, very good to be won there um, and for the uh, away game. So, but no, I've got confidence in us heading to our place and keeping them quiet, to be fair. They've not been good away from home this year against the big teams. Our home form significantly improved since the turn of the year. Uh, I back us at home to get a job done. Um, so I've got 1-1 one, one at their place and 2-0 at our place. Um, Joe, you, I'm assuming you've got Dons to progress, but um, how do you see it playing out overall? You'd be correct in assuming that. Um, I've actually gone the opposite way to you. Um, I think that I think that the, the, the damage is going to be done after the first leg. Um, I think that you know, you mentioned about Dean Lewington, the only one having experience in the playoffs. He's got experience of losing in the playoffs. You know, I think... He's still experience, yeah. But, I mean, sometimes, you know, we've seen, you know, 
sometimes that fear, that lack of fear almost, and not having experienced something, you know, and just going into something fresh, I think it can potentially benefit these younger players. And, you know, we've seen this young team do all sorts this season. You know, that atmosphere was electric on Saturday and took them 10 minutes to calm it down. And, you know, Sheffield Wednesday away, we shit the bed, let's be honest. But that only came after having made a change in our defence and then them getting two fairly lucky goals late on. Um, we've not dropped a clangour since, really. I mean, you could say about Oxford, but that was that wasn't that was just you know that was arguably two our two most experienced players making that mistake there. Um, so I think I think that the players are going to relish it. I think they're you know I think I saw you know Dan Harvey's interview today. He was so serious, like yeah, I was like bloody hell. You know these players are in the mode now. They're going to be wanting to you know vindicate the fact that they've come so far and and not quite got the promotion that they you know they feel they deserve and I think they deserve as well so I'm actually going 2-1 at Wickham at Adams Park and I'm going even 0-0 or 1-0 Stadium MK we do seem to have been a bit more cagey at home to bigger teams I feel um, so I think that you I think the damage will be done in the first leg and then we'll withstand the barrage in the second leg final question do you think we'll see tonight Watson in either of the two legs yes Ross I, I don't know I think I think we're pissed in the wind here we, we could be <laughs> proved wrong or we could prove right um, I, I hope we do I really do hope, I hope we do see him if we do get to Wembley or what but um, Kane Kessler Hayden, he's not a bad backup, is he? Nah, he's yeah, he's definitely nice for sure. Yeah, I do think we see some form of him, whether it's um, on the bench or on the pitch. I, I do think he'll be there at some in some capacity. Um, but yeah, that that brings the end of our playoff preview of this episode. Um, really, really looking forward to the two games. I feel that it's obviously going to be a nervous one for all of us. You know, it's it's a big occasion and. I think everyone wants to get to the second tier of English football. Um, but hey, all we do is back to the lads and, you know, they sold out away and sold out car parks. You know, the high men's playing quite nicely for the Sunday games. It's going to be a good race. occasion. Bring your nan. Exactly. Bring everyone. Bring, Bring everyone. And, um, yeah, hopefully see you all there. Um, we're going to go watch City Madrid. Uh, but until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.